Welcome to the Cardboard Herald Reviews, where we give you audio versions of our game reviews, then go behind the scenes of our creative process. Carcassonne, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Mega Castle. Designed by Klaus Jurgen Raid. Published by Z-Man Games, 2 to 5 players, 30 to 60 minutes, review written by Jack Eddy. I am terrible at Carcassonne. Sure, it's one of those evergreen gateway games that is friendly and approachable for the whole family. I mean, yeah, I know all the hot strats, how to seize the moment-to-moment opportunities to get quick points, but something about drawing tile after tile, turn after turn, urges risky behavior in me, driving me to press my luck in this not-really-a-press-your-luck kind of game. In the end, I think it comes down to the fact that I am a sucker for the Mega Castle. Tile Laying 101. There are two main things you need to know to get your Carcassonne on. First, this is a tile laying game where all players are building the expansive, beautiful, and cutthroat French countryside populated with winding roads, breathtaking castles, and serene monasteries. On your turn, you draw a tile and place a tile, which means you connect to at least one tile already in play. The catch is that like sides must always match like sides. The open face of your castle can never butt up against a wandering road. The second thing you need to know is that to score points, you gotta employ your little posse of wooden workers commonly called meeples. Speaking of which, the now ubiquitous term meeple was coined by Allison Hansel in reference to these Carcassonne figures. When you place a tile, these duders can be set on a road, castle, actually called cities, but let's be honest, they are totally castles, or monastery, or laid down in the grass, so long as that feature is not already claimed by another player, i.e. the road that you are connected to doesn't already have some dude. Aside from the farmers lying down, whenever a feature is completed, castle walls surround the town, roads have two ends, or monasteries have been completely surrounded, your meeple is removed and you score points based off of the size of the feature. But here's the thing you really need to know about Carcassonne and the secret sadistic nature hidden just underneath the game's pastoral pleasantries. In the right hands, this is a game of sabotage and hostile takeovers. If you build a road with your meeple, spending time to carefully curate a nice long stretch of nine tiles, and I have an unrelated road with my own meeple that I managed to connect, now we both get those points. Thanks! I hardly had to do a thing. Alternatively, let's say you are working hard on this beautiful castle, your own little sanctuary in the countryside. I can drop down a tile in there, or even nearby. That makes it nearly impossible to complete condemning your poor worker to isolated doom. And speaking of doom and the end of all things, the game ends when a final tile from the pool is placed, at which time the farmers in the incomplete features are scored. Whoever has the most farmers in a field, connected green areas, gets three points for 
every castle bordering that field. The thing is that in Carcassonne, there may be several fields due to well-distributed infrastructure, relying on roads and castles to divide the landscape. Or there could be only two or three mega fields and the farmers in control get all the dough. As is true in real life, it is true in Carcassonne. Do not underestimate farmers. I see fields of green. But great gameplay on its own does not imbue cardboard with the longevity and acclaim that Carcassonne has enjoyed. This game has a spectacular table presence looking more like a puzzle or patchwork quilt than a snappy strategy game, which has undoubtedly played its own part in converting new gamers to the hobby. As you're nearing the end, the minimalist and abstract design is breathtaking, with patterns familiar yet wholly unique to each game that you play. And while this may be the prototypical dry Euro theme so often vilified in the hobby, I think that's missing the point. The simplistic, elegant, and most importantly abstract theme is what makes the game so damn approachable. For those who want diehard competition, the theme is thin enough for you to see through the matrix and begin considering each turn as a number of points and possibilities. On the other hand, less competitive types may enjoy the simple pleasure of watching the peaceful and welcoming landscape develop before their eyes. Either way, the look of the game facilitates the type of experience players want out of it. Why I love the Mega Castle. But here's where my aforementioned struggle comes in. Sure, not everyone is going to want to play full contact Carcassonne, but the advantages for being cutthroat are tempting. In a game with three complete Care Bears, one scheming opportunist can really take advantage of everyone else's hard work. Personally, I fall somewhere in between. I won't hesitate to connect our two features if it's convenient, but rarely will I make it an object of strategy. No, I focus on the Mega Castle. You see, Unlike other features in Carcassonne, castles have a unique property. They score two points per tile that comprises your castle and an extra two points for each pennant housed within the castle, but only if completed during the game. The castles suddenly drop to half their value at final scoring if they remain incomplete, meaning you take great risk and great reward for completing a castle. And there are few things in the hobby as satisfying nor as terrifying to witness as someone completing their 10 plus tile mega castle. Rocketing 20 to 30 points in one shot can be devastating, but it relies on so many things going right, your opponents not finding a way to sneak in, you drawing into the right tiles, there being enough tiles in the game to reasonably accomplish your monumental goal. But that's the awesome thing about Carcassonne. It's so simple and encourages you to take risks because it intends to be a friendly game that wants all players to succeed. Heck, my version of the game even has a rule that when you draw your tile, you are to reveal it to all players as a group to discuss where the best possible placement is. Carcassonne is as idealistic and naive as the peaceful and universally prosperous depiction of 18th century French country life, and I really dig that. No, my castle won't always succeed, but at least I'll always get some points. And sure, I'll claim other features as sensible because I want to win, but Carcassonne is one of the few games in my collection that understands that winning can be a secondary goal to having fun. And the fun of the game is what you make of it. With very limited tools, the game throws me into a sandbox and says, knock yourself out, kid. So whether it's looking to risk it for the biscuit with a big point win, or I'm just looking for the tabletop equivalent of doodling, I'm always happy for a game of Carcassonne. After all, 
I can always find comfort and purpose in my pursuit of the Mega Castle. All right, everyone, we are looking at Carcassonne, or as I titled it here, Carcassonne, or how I learned to stop worrying and love the Mega Castle, which is, of course, a reference to Dr. Strangelove. And I, I love sticking all that geeky stuff in there because, I don't know, the, the references to old movies and old music and that kind of stuff, that was a big way of how my dad and I connected. And so I couldn't help but leave that little little homage in here and you know what i really like this review this was something that i didn't really intend to bust out a carcassonne review but all of a sudden it was like you know i i really like carcassonne i have been playing it a few nights with my wife and we were planning on playing again soon i was like you know what I will take some photos and let's bust this out. So that's the genesis of the Carcassonne review as it came out. And unlike many of our other reviews that we've done where I've spent a lot of time thinking about it and sculpting and crafting the review, this one came out like kablamo. Like it was really quick. And that was refreshing because I hadn't written any reviews in quite some time. So this was a bit of a return to form and it felt really good getting back to written reviews something that I want to do more of but the thing is is that my video reviews I rely on energy and presence and I'm spending so much time learning how to utilize the camera to have a voice of its own and I'm spending less time thinking about the the dialogue itself because in some instances to give you a little peek behind the curtain here I'm actually recording off of a script like I don't read a script like I, I don't have a teleprompter in front of me or anything um, but I, I do tend to write an outline and have a script and I'm terrible at following it I start trailing off and come up with a million different things that I want to talk about but overall I try to stick to some sort of formulated idea that I, I thought up in advance for the most part and when that happens then I, I have to have less complicated or playful ideas or they have to be in shorter nuggets on video but it not in written form and I can indulge myself in written form and that's something that I love and is completely true here like if I look at the review itself there's a lot of alliteration that I jammed in here. I've been listening to a lot of analysis of Tolkien's work and his uh, rhythm and emphasis on the, the sound of words, the shape of words and sentences uh, has really influenced how I'm thinking about my own writing. And that was a lot of the original point of the Cardboard Herald in the first place was to get better as a writer and do something creative, something I hadn't done in a while and wanted to get better at. And I think this is showing how I'm becoming more thoughtful and more concise while also playing with language to convey not just ideas but but feelings just through the sound of the language itself and i'm noticing it in reading it like for example for the tcbh reviews episode here i am actually hearing 
my conversational style injected into my writing, though it is far more eloquent because I'm sitting there and and sculpting it and crafting it. So that's kind of what's going on here. But the the long and short of it, Carcassonne is just one of those timeless games. And unlike many of the other games that are kind of gateway games, I still reach for it and play it. I own Ticket to Ride. I own um, uh, Settlers of Catan. I have owned Pandemic, but I've since gotten rid of it. But um, not because this is a bad game, but I got it at like a thrift shop for a dollar and I had a friend who was looking for great games to play as couples. And I was like, I really never go to play pandemic because i have legacy or a million other options that i could play but carcassonne is one that i will always want to play and as you can see in the review itself i have the six little mini expansions i have these hand-sewn bags that i've uh, sculpted for it i actually did those while my wisdom teeth were uh, freshly pulled and i was sitting on the couch just watching tv i don't know maybe uh, Battlestar Galactica or Game of Thrones or something, you know, binging that kind of stuff, sewing bags and trying not to get dry socket as you do. Um, so anyway, um, Carcassonne is a game that I, I still have a love for and a reverence for that uh, feels energetic and uh, delightful in a way that some of the other gateway games don't necessarily or, or they don't really fit the kind of gaming that I would do with my wife or some friends coming over. Um, whereas the other gateway games I might, re yeah, I might reserve them for, um, for new players for gateway games, exactly as, as we, as we box them in by calling them gateway games. But Carcassonne is one that still feels fresh. And I really enjoy that. Now, with this review, um, I ha did have an encounter on Board Game Geek where uh, one of the respondents to the review, Derek Whaley, uh, replied with cough, mega city cough, because I improperly used the term mega castle. And I went back and added that line. Maybe that's a little bit of cheating, but that's something that I did where I added the line that the mega castles are parentheses. They're actually called cities, but we both know that they're totally mega castles, which is true because they have and forever will be called castles in my book. I know I've read the rule book when I first got the game, um, but they, they are castles and there was no competing terminology. And I know that since this coming out there have been expansions that actually have things called castles in them but that's not really something that i i, I have integrated into the base game and maybe that that's something that i should do or pay more attention to but i'm not too worried about it so you know i'll cross that bridge when i get there but i think that retaining mega castles when we're talking about shapes of the words in the way that I was just talking about shapes of the words, I think that that totally fits in. So I'm going to stick with Mega Castle.
So not much else to say. That's pretty much it. That's the additional thoughts. And I didn't really have too much Q and A to do on this uh, because most of the feedback was just straightforward and receptive. So it's additional thoughts on Carcassonne. Thank you so much for watching. I've been Jack. Before we go, I wanted to say thank you for listening to the Cardboard Herald. As always, everything we do is ad-free and audience-supported. If you'd like to help keep it that way, find the Patreon link at the top of our webpage, www.cardboardherald.com. We have several levels of support with various rewards, including us saying thank yous on air. So I just wanted to give a quick thank you to new patron Mike Travis for joining us. Uh, Mike sounds like the the type of guy who would really love archipelago and i would love to explore the oceans and land with him only to come into his town steal it and take all of the resources kicking him off of any temples or markets found in his sweet sweet territories so thank you so much mike travis for uh joining team tcbh if you enjoyed this show, we do a whole bunch of other stuff, including reviews, interviews, and recommendations across writing, podcasts, and video, which can all be found through our site, once again, CardboardHerald.com. So with that, I'm out of here. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye.